Welcome back to the ISO with myself, your host, Dan Dickow, as we tour the WCC on the Gonzaga Nation Media Network with all of the head coaches. This week's guest, one of my favorite coaches that I get to connect with throughout the college basketball season, the head coach of Pepperdine University in beautiful Malibu, California, Lorenzo Romar. Coach, thanks for joining. Thanks for having me. Always a pleasure. It is a pleasure. Well, this question comes up every time you and I text or talk during the season or off season. How's the weather there? Because Spokane's been gloomy this spring. Yeah, it's it's today. It's supposed to be ninety degrees and it's clear. Yeah, so it's I'm good. jealous. I'm it's jealous. Good. So how <laughs> how does that positively impact recruiting for you to get guys? Because I remember one of when I was in high school you were recruiting me when you were at your first stint at Pepperdine. And I didn't even want to consider Gonzaga because I was a 17 year old kid at the time yeah. and it was too cold and it was too snowy. Yeah. I wanted to either stay in my home pocket along the I-5 corridor or possibly go down to, to where you were at at Pepperdine. How do you use that as a factor in recruiting? I, I think it's, uh, it generates a thirst is what I would say. But then we've got to back it up with other things of, of substance, you know, that I would say the scenery is great. I mean, it's it's unlike no other, but, you know, maybe that's fluff when it really comes down to why you would pick a school. And maybe that uh, if it's a tie, it's even maybe that gives us an edge. But uh, we've never lost anyone because of the scenery in terms of recruiting. But uh, I th still think, you know, we're working to have other things other than just the scenery, but it doesn't hurt at all. Yeah. Walking out of Firestone Fieldhouse uh, on that west entrance, looking out over the Pacific Ocean yeah. is one of my favorite uh, exits when I'm done with a college basketball broadcast because it's right. unbelievable. Right. How refreshing is that view in, out of your office every single morning? Because that I'm sure just brings you energy and life to attack your day. It does it even more so the drive in because as you pull into campus, you look to your left and there's the ocean right there. You know, it's not a lake. It's, it's not a river. It's an ocean. So it, it's always, uh, this isn't bad, you know, so it's yeah. no complaints there. Well, you're heading into season five at Pepperdine. Uh, the WCC continues to improve. Unfortunately for you guys, you had a number of injuries last year, but you've got a really talented roster. Uh, Maxwell Lewis, Houston Millette, Mike Mitchell Jr. will be returning. But after each season, uh, coaches take a step back and kind of process how the season went, uh, where you need to improve upon. What was that like for you this spring? And what were the focal points that you're trying to address with your program this off season? Well, there's no doubt we did a, a deep dive like we always do in, into our program and what we need to do to get better in it. There's no question we've got to get better defensively. We've got to become a better rebounding team and we've got to do a better job of taking care of the basketball and uh, taking better shots, those type things. Uh, some things we'll, we'll, we'll get better at just because we'll be a little more experienced. It's not like we have a team of six or seven seniors. We're still young, but we're an old young. And what I mean by that is we had a number of guys that were young that got, were able to get quality minutes out there on the basketball floor. And I think that's going to help in terms of their level of confidence coming in. Those three uh, young players, the freshmen that I talked about, 
Um, when, when you break down a season for them individually as a staff and then approach them with it, what, what is, how do you go about doing that? Because there are three young guys that I'm sure you saw a lot of positives with, and you saw a lot of opportunities to coach uh, growth into them on. How do, how do you as a coach go about really breaking it down individually for guys who are talented like that? Well, fortunately for us and fortunately for them, those guys are obsessed with being the best that they can be. Those guys aren't real excuse makers. They're trying to be the best. They, they're saying, give me more, give me more. You know, what, how, can I, uh, how can I get better? You know, they, they watch film. They watch college games. They record college games, record NBA games. They watch them over and over. They watch certain players and their tendencies, players that they feel that they're similar to in terms of their style of play and watch and try to learn learn from those guys. So we we try to take advantage of that. And, you know, we have many conversations, you know, as they watch film, we, you know, they come back, we can give them, uh, they give us feedback, we give them feedback, uh, continue to tell them how they fit in, what what we need them to do for us. And uh, I, I think they they'll be better this year. When you talk about the NBA game, you've coached a number of pros um, who were kind of surefire pros when they got to you at the University of Washington. And then you've developed a number of pros, both Kessler Edwards is the most recent one at Pepperdine, um, as well as developed in a number of guys at the University of Washington. Is there a guy that you like to truly use as a kind of a blueprint um, for guys that you're either recruiting to look at or guys like the three that you we've been talking about on your current roster of how much preparation they need to do film work, strength and strength training on court development. Who's the blueprint? Well, a couple of guys that really, really stand out are from, from uh, uh, my time at university of Washington were Nate Robinson and uh, Isaiah Thomas, because those guys were relentless. Uh, Will Conroy, who is an assistant now at the University of Washington, played a little bit in the NBA, but uh, was also just a gym rat. And those guys were very, very similar. They just worked and worked and worked and uh, watched film and, and, and tried to develop. And they did. Uh, Justin Holiday was one that uh, was uh, underappreciated, undervalued, I believe. And he's uh, been in the NBA for, I believe, nine years now. And he really developed. I think he was a six six hundred sixty pound wing when he came out of high school and uh, just got better. But uh, there's another kid that, when you talk about the NBA, he's not there yet. But Colby Ross, who played for us, is the all-time leading scorer and assist leader uh, in the history of Pepperdine program, and uh, he's one of the best I've seen in terms of his work ethic and being obsessed and trying to learn. And um, they're just when when guys are like that they become legendary in, in, in terms of how they got to be where they are. Some people are legendary based on what they did out there on the floor, but uh, Kobe's legendary a couple of ways in what he accomplished, what he produced, but also how he got there. And his name is just one that, you know, is around our program, even though he's not here anymore. And our guys all respected him and he's someone you can always point to. You know, you talk about Colby Ross kind of progressing and sticking with it, and you think he'll make an NBA roster. I look at his 
potential path being very similar to, to a player from Gonzaga a few years back in Kevin Pangos and his yeah. continuous drive to excel and belief in himself. And, and Kevin was in the NBA for a short bit last year decided, before deciding to sign another European contract. Mm-hmm. But, you know, a guy like Kevin Pangos looked to guys like myself who were there before for guidance. Uh, Colby Ross can be that influence at Pepperdine. You had a great group of guys at, at University of Washington that kind of uh, pulled each other in the right direction. How do you build that camaraderie amongst a player group that kind of spans different eras of a program? You know what? I, uh, any coach that just says, you come play for me, I'm going to develop you to where you're going to be this type of player. If you don't have the makeup to do that, that coach isn't going to do that. What I think it comes down to is doing a good job of evaluating and recruiting those that are obsessed, as they say, obsessed with the process, those that uh, have a passion uh, for this basketball game, a passion to be the best. I think it really helps when you really look for that in uh, your student athletes, because when they come in, they have that passion. They're going to respond to whatever you give them, whatever instruction you give them, but they're not going to stop there. They're not going to be what I call nine to five guys. You know, when uh, we talk to guys about the classroom, if you just go to class every day and don't do much work outside the classroom, you're not going to get as good a grade. You know, the ones that get the really good grades spend extra time. And I think it's definitely like that as a, as an athlete, you spend that extra time, you're doing all that you can to be the best that you can be. You're going to get better and you're going to reach your potential. And those that are even, you talk, kids talk about rankings. People talk about rankings. You get someone that's uh, between the top 40 and top 55, somewhere in there. The ones with the passion are going to pass those others up that don't have the passion. Those guys will end up being some of the top players. And you find sometimes those guys end up being lottery picks where people hadn't even heard of. That I completely agree with that passion will kind of continue to drive you forward and that work ethic uh, will allow you to overcome guys who are quote ranked higher during the recruiting process as you're evaluating players, talking to AAU coaches, their high school coaches. Um, what are the type of questions or what are you really looking for that kind of separate those guys that you're just kind of alluding to? Uh, coach, what, how much does he like to play? Oh, he loves to play. You know, coaches will say that, uh, they try not to, a lot of them won't try to throw their guys under the bus, but okay. So when you say really likes to play, what does that mean? Because Dan, you know, some guys will come into the gym and, uh, nowadays with their shoes untied, they do a couple of, uh, drills and put it on Instagram daily grind, you know, look at me, I'm grinding. <laughs> and, uh, it's, a lot of times it's not really grinding and so is he a self-starter uh we had a guy play for us one time he he would work out all the time but he had to have someone work him out he had to have uh someone take him to the gym if no one called him to work out he wouldn't work out are they self-starters yeah you know are they going to go in there are they going to try to find the custodian at the school to make sure they can get in the gym coach can, can someone meet me? Can I get in this gym? Can I have access to the gym? And they're going in there and working on relevant skills, not some, some and one mixtape stuff, you know, that they can put on Instagram. I'm talking about things that are going to help you uh, 
help your team win games? Are they constantly doing that? Are they, are they a student of the game? You know, uh, I think things like that are very, very important. Are they early to practice? Do they leave uh, later after everyone else? You just try to ask those questions and you come across, uh, usually you can put together a pretty good profile, but then those conversations with the kids themselves, uh, they tell on themselves one way or the other. And, uh, well, I remember when you were recruiting me in, in high school, we would have conversations on the phone and you would ask those same questions. Um, you remember, you would ask, hey, you, had you were like that, man. You were one of those guys. You, you were obsessed <laughs> with the process. And I, I had to be. You yeah. know, I, I was smaller. I was from an under recruited area because of population. Mm -hmm. um, and so I had to be. But I remember conversations that we would have after open gym with my high school team. How did you guys how, how did your team do that night? Did you win all the games? Uh -huh. And kind of I sheepishly had to answer whether or not we had a good night of wins and losses or a bad night. So it, it's awesome to see the, those questions and that that thought process hasn't changed all these years. I mean, I'm going to tell you a story. Uh, I have time to tell you a story. Of course. Uh, when in recruiting, you talk to certain kids and it's always interesting. Uh, you talk to someone after their game. How'd, how'd the game go? Oh, we lost coach. And we need a new coach. How'd you guys lose? They wouldn't give me the ball. It's, it's never their fault. Uh, we coached a kid who you know named John Brockman. Uh, it was at the University of Washington. And John was a stud, McDonald's All-American, All-Conference, led the Pac-12 in rebounding three consecutive years. And uh, I called him after his game one night. What happened? Coach, we lost. Really? Oh, man. How, how, how many did you lose by? How'd you lose? Uh, I missed four free throws in the, in the last two minutes of the game. So it was on me. So I tried to cheer him up. Well, how many points you scored, John? You know, uh, Coach, I don't know. I well, I know he could rebound. How many rebounds you get? Coach, I don't know. So I realized he didn't want to talk. He was down. And so I said, well, look, we'll, we'll talk later. Sorry about the loss. The next day, I, you know, back then, you know, the, the internet wasn't clicking as much. So I get the newspaper and read the headlines. It says his high school, Snohomish High School, drops a thriller in spite of John Brockman's 41 points and 21 rebounds. <laughs> but he wow. put it all on him. His team wouldn't have been in the game if it wasn't for that. Those things are valuable to hear. It's a red flag when you talk to a, a, a person or anyone that it's never their fault. That's a red flag because they're going to bring that to your program. But when someone is as humble as that and they're placing the blame on themselves and it wasn't false humility either. It was, I could have helped our team win that game by making those free throws. Uh, there are a number of conversations that you have, Dan, where things like that come out with kids. You're able to figure them out. That's unbelievable. That's a great story. I'm going to have to try to remember that one to, to be able to share at different points because 41 points, 21 rebounds, unfortunately missed a couple free throws that may have altered the, the outcome of the game. And he doesn't want to uh, kind of talk about the positives he provided, but he wanted to kind of focus on the loss. That's amazing. And those are the kind of kids I would imagine you want to work with every single day and know that they're going to give their all to make your team the best. Am I correct? Oh, there's no doubt. And I've been a head coach going into 26 years, Dan, and 
I knew this before, but I don't think I really, really valued it as much as I needed to. And uh, I think uh, that's something uh, we will try not to, to uh, take someone uh, unless, I mean, their talent is so, they're so off the charts that uh, they're still better than everyone, you know, but it's still going to catch up with you. I think it's contagious when you have a group of kids like that, that uh, have great character and are obsessed with the game. I think uh, that's when you have great culture, when you can have a team full of kids like that. So we really put a high premium on trying to look for those guys. Well, NIL has been around now for about a year. Name, image, likeness. I've always felt that college student athletes, in particular, the general gener <laughs> revenue generating sports like football, basketball should be paid. Um, but I also said it was going to take about three years to kind of flush out how exactly this is going to work. Are you what are you seeing on the NIL? And I don't need to, you to get into any true negatives, but is this working the way that people thought it was going to work? And is there opportunities that Pepperdine can take advantage of? Well, first of all, I think it's great. I think, uh, you know, back in the day when you would go into a home and recruit someone, the question would come up, coach, are you able to get me a summer job so I can make extra money? You know, this has replaced to me the summer job back in the day. And you, every, everyone did it. All the schools tried to provide summer jobs for kids. And now with the NIL, uh, I think it's a great opportunity for them. I've always had one question about it before it was implemented was just how do you monitor it? And that's mm -hmm. my biggest concern is to be able to monitor it. Uh, I think that uh, when there are gray areas in terms of the, the NCAA rules, the one thing that we, sometimes without looking at the rule book, you can just make your own decision with it is that are, is this gonna be an unfair recruiting advantage? And if it is, then you should do it. And I think in, in some ways uh, there it's out there that way. But I also feel like it's here, it's here. It's great for the kids and uh, we have to figure out a way to navigate through it. But I do think there needs to be some modifications and some regulations put in place uh, for it to be a lot better for everyone. Well, there's definitely some teams across college basketball and football that are taking advantage um, and figuring things out. Um, hopefully it becomes a benefit for your program as well. Um, but when you look at the WCC, I saw a, a league last year that had tremendous growth over the last couple of years. And it kind of came to fruition last year, three teams in the NCAA tournament. Yeah. There were two that were on the borderline BYU and Santa Clara based on, you know, how their quadrant one and two wins went their improvement, but unfortunately injuries hurt both teams. When you look at the transfer portal and the influx of new talent, as well as some new coaches like Steve Lavin at USD, I see this league continuing to get better. What do you see? The same thing. And as the league gets better, it's become more attractive to, to, to uh, potential student athletes. And so I think it'll continue to grow. Uh, I think uh, people see the WCC now as a viable option somewhere where you can go and be successful and play in a strong conference and play in the NCAA tournament and, with, and a number of teams will be able to go. And, and you're right, I, I know Santa Clara, uh, they, if it weren't for their injuries, there's no doubt to me they're in the NCAA tournament last year, but I, the league is definitely strong, there's no doubt. 
So for Pepperdine to make that jump and be in that top tier and be in the conversation um, uh, to be an NCAA tournament team, uh, you've got young pieces and talent. What do you guys need to do? Well, some of the things we talked about at the outset, you know, we have to become better defending, got to become better rebounding, better taking care of the basketball, those things. But two things. Number one, number one, because it's bitten us the last few years, is we have to stay healthy. Uh, it makes such a difference. And then number two, how quickly can we grow up this year? If, the faster we can grow up, the quicker we'll become, uh, I think, a much better team. But, but we've got to grow up. Awesome. Well, great stuff, Coach. I do have one last question for you. You played in the NBA. I know you're a basketball junkie. The NBA Finals is currently going on. When this releases, there will be one more game that's played. But as it stands right now when we're recording this, the series is tied 1-1. Who do you have, Boston or Golden State? I think at the end of the day, uh, Golden State uh, will persevere. But uh, they better not make a mistake. Because Boston, they're, they're, they're young, the exception of Mr. Horford. They're young, they're, they're confident, they're tough. They have multiple defenders. They have multiple guys that can put the ball in the basket. And uh, they just, Golden State better not uh, have a hiccup because uh, Boston could get it. But at the end of the day, you pin me down, I'd have to take Golden State. I just think they have enough guys that have been there, done that. Uh, to be able to get it done it, it's hard to bet against Steph Curry that's for sure but I personally I've got Boston that coaching staff Ime Udoka was a teammate a friend of mine from growing up and then Aaron Miles Ben Sullivan who played at University right. and then Damon Stoudemire, Damon Stoudemire right so I, I got guys. For my Portland connections <laughs> yeah no those are great guys and I don't think uh, Ime and the staff get enough credit for the coaching job that they've done this year they've done a phenomenal coaching job you look at some of their defensive schemes and the games the way they defend uh, the way they had to get over the hump during the middle of the year when it's a little seemed like a little dissension there uh, they got through those things and uh, you got to give that staff he made the staff a whole lot of credit absolutely well coach thanks again for joining enjoy the southern california weather and i look forward to talking again as we get closer to the season